Hey guys, welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 482. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories from Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> Next is the list. The list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 8th, 2022. Then we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, which this week is going to be our May 2022 look back. We're each going to be talking about one of the new number ones or number zero issues that we picked up in May 2022. Yes. And we start every episode off. Uh, even pre-show, we started off with a beer, and uh, yeah, it, I've been sucking this guy down real fast. Uh, it's laundry Paul. detergent. Don't drink it, John. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what are you drinking? I'm drinking from Genesee Specialty, Ruby Red Kolsch. This is from uh, Genesee Brewery. Uh, their, what is this? This brew house. And this is, uh, what, 4.5% Kolsch. Very easy drinking. Has that nice bit of tartness from that grapefruit. It's just like a beer for the summer. It's just that summer filler. Get yourself the twelve pack. It's you're you're buying a bunch of beer anyways. So what's a couple more bucks for a fridge filler beer that's gonna make everybody happy? Kate yeah. really likes this. Beer, and it's so. it's not it's I mean it's like eleven ninety nine now. Six years ago it started at seven ninety nine. But they also have uh, your first box. There's a rebate on it. You get $5 back. So <clears throat> I didn't realize there was a rebate. So guess what I'm going to get with my second box? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, send you the, I'll send you the link, Paul. I'll send, I'll send me the link you. because Kate loves the copper opportunity. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Paul, because I know you have the other Genesee special, yes. special beer. Have you done a cruvee? Have you blended half and half? No. Because from what I hear, it's delicious. Okay, I have about this much of the can left. So guess what we're going to do? Oh, we got to experiment later. We're huh? going to do some beer science with, with this glass here. So, oh, wow. So we're going to do that right now. I'm going to pour it out now. Well, Paul does that. half. What are you drinking there, bud? Uh, I'm drinking a new beer from over at Hidden Springs Ale Works in Tampa, Florida. And this is their Sultry Sailor. And this is a margarita goza with grapefruit, lime, and sea salt. 5.5% uh, ABV. And much like Paul was talking about, this is a delightful summer beer. It was incredibly hot outside in Florida today. And this is something that's great just to beat the heat. It's very nice, very light. Um, it's got that right hit of lime to it. I wish there was a little bit more grapefruit on it. But this is perfect hot day beer. Um, definitely crushable. Uh, I don't think I would pick up a four-pack of this if I saw it again. But, you know, I'm enjoying it just as something I had grabbed for the show. And, and the ones I just had every other day before we recorded. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm having from Down East Cider... They're blue slushy, and uh, Paul alluded to this earlier, that this thing is blue. Uh, it's pretty good. The taste is there. It tastes like you're drinking the liquid bottom of your slushy. Like, it's, it, it's not sweet. It's the watered-down part because okay. the ice is okay. melted. Um, there's not a lot of carbonation to it. 
But the downy ciders don't have, they're usually an unfiltered cider, so they're not like overly carbonated anyways. Um, Down East does some really good jobs with their ciders. I, I do enjoy them. Um, I'm glad this isn't as sweet as I thought it was going to be, but I probably could use just a little more of that, a little more sweetness to it. Um, but it's nice. I, I I like it. So, uh, what, last week, when, last time we recorded, I was on call, and I was having those sodas, and I'm, I uh, talked about not having enough carbonation. I picked up that uh, butterscotch beer, you know, the... You know, the one that's basically advertised to be butterbeer. The, the, but the cauldron. Yeah, the cauldron, yeah. Shop. And that was not, like, I my four-pack that I got of that was so not carbonated at all. Hmm. And uh, I made a root beer float because I'm like, you know, I just got home from Harry Potter World not too long ago. I was kind of craving a little bit of a butterbeer. I saw that. I'm like, oh, we're going to be doing root beer floats. I got vanilla ice cream. I'll pick up, you know, root beer and also this. And I'll make myself some butterbeer at home. That's it. It's doesn't work out. It's like too sweet. The vanilla ice cream doesn't really work with it. It's don't don't spend. I wasted the money, so you don't have to, listeners. Don't get that <laughs> butterscotch beer and try to make a float with it. it just with this, um, it's too sweet of a butterscotchy flavor soda. Yeah, it's very rich. I think yeah. you would need to maybe cut it with something else to kind of take that edge off of it um maybe rum <laughs> no I, honestly i was trying to think of like an alcohol that would kind of cut i mean depending on the rum it might be uh, maybe like a spiced rum yeah. just something to add a little bit of kick to it yeah 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 you guys are lining up your next beer so. sorry sorry okay. well we, we've been talking for an hour already and i was at the bottom of my other beer so i was like oh I might as well go grab my next one because i know we're going to be talking for a little bit because guys this past weekend was Star Wars Celebration. Um, as Star Wars fans, this is always something that gets us excited. Uh, for me, it holds like a special place in my heart. When I worked for Disney, I got to actually work at the Star Wars Celebration when it was here in Orlando. Um, and this past weekend, I was texting my manager that I worked with just about our time at Star Wars Celebration. You know, like oh, sending the pictures nice. that we had back and forth. So. It's just a great time of year. Um, you know, it really brings people together. Uh, a lot of stuff announced, a lot of panels that they had bringing people on to talk about what they've done and what's coming up. A lot of it's available as, like, video on demand on the Star Wars uh, YouTube channel, which I think is amazing that they yeah. put all that stuff up. Uh, Paul, you were pretty much I was live tweeting it. it to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not onto the Twitter, but just to, like, me and John. You were saying... Yeah. It's, I just I I do want to say, Paul, when you do that, can you share a link? Because I was like at work, and you'd be like, blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then I'm trying to find it online, and I'm like, I can't find this. What is Paul doing to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was like in the like I would also have to like try to timestamp the live stream too, and <laughs> like I'm just like have it on in the background, and the live stream isn't necessarily all the panels. They did show a few of the panels. Uh, during the live stream, but also they would then they have broken out the panels uh, live video on you on the YouTube channel as well. <clears throat> but what what they would do is they would have the panel and then they would bring out the, some of the people that were on the panel out to another stage just for celebration uh, Star Wars celebration live presented by Geico. 
And that's exactly how they would say it every time. Thanks for joining us here. And they would do like a three minute, like little interview. Like, so the mini pamp, the mini uh, convention panel, like uh, on the live stream. So you got a lot of the top, the top news, like kind of quickly, but man, they played that Andor trailer, like at every break, like as they were setting up this, the stage for the next thing. They would just play that Andor trailer again. It's, we've we've talked about Andor. You know, I don't want to say a lot on the podcast, but it's something that we've been looking forward to since it was announced as coming out on Disney Plus. But confirmed it'd be coming out this year. I'm excited for that. We do have a release date for it now. It was August thirty first? Yes. Oh, oh, that's that's soon. It's it's soon. Um, we got a trailer for it, which <clears throat> looks awesome. Um, and also word that this is actually going to be a 12-episode series. Uh, so it makes sense that it took them this long to get it out because, man, that's that's a lot of content. And, Paul, like you said, they're already, yeah. they had already confirmed season two, but... Yeah, so it's not a 12-episode series, it's a 12-episode season. You know, minor, yeah. you know, minor slip of the tongue there. You know, I understand that well. Uh, and the, yeah, season two is also going to be another twelve episodes, and that's going to lead right to the start of Rogue One, basically. So you're going to see uh, Diego Luna's character, uh, Cassian Andor, like he's been in this fight since he was six years old. You know, so we're going to see him like do all that stuff that makes him feel guilty. <laughs> And want to get on that ship and, you know, have the rebellion mean something. You know, so I think it's going to be cool. Like, um, man, from what I've been watching of Obi-Wan, not to give any spoilers, but they, the people at Star Wars, they've been able to ratchet up the anxiety level, like the tension. So if they bring me that kind of spy thriller tension in this, even the Mon Mothma stuff in the trailer, like she's just walking and then you hear her talk, it's like, no, she's she's basically like deep in the empire as a senator, and she's witnessing what's going on. And now she's like trying to, you know, set up the other side and not get caught. And like she's in the trailer, she says they're watching me now. Like the tension huh? just, you know, the screws being turned. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for uh, who's secretly. And swiftly becoming the Star Wars MVP, Jimmy Smith's probably appearing <laughs> as well. He's because so good. as as soon as I saw him pop up in uh, the Little Princess Leia show, I mean Obi Wan, I was like, <laughs> oh, they had to have him for a day just to like, get some stuff for Andrew. Like he's got to be in the room at some point. So yeah. he was in room I'm, one. So I, I'm amped up for that. Um, John, thoughts on Andor? Uh, I loved it. I'm interested to see I'm interested to see his rise and going through the spy stuff, but I don't want I'm I got Baby Yoda, I got Grogu, I got little Leia, I don't need little Cassian Endor. And like when you see the trailer it's got a lot of a lot of shots of the kid and it's like ah I hope it's not too much kid stuff. I don't think it can be because this is him doing the wet work for. I think it's going to be starting off with him in that, or you might get like flashbacks to it. Um, yeah. yeah maybe. Because I, I think people just want more Diego Luna because 
he was probably one of my favorite parts of Rogue One, next to, well, I mean, K2SO, obviously, uh, but Shirt Emway. Like, I think the two of them, like, that was all I needed from that movie. And the movie just kept giving me more, and it was all good. Like, Rogue One, everybody, if you haven't watched it, do it. Yeah. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. Uh, it's definitely the, I think it's like the, I, I, in my opinion, it is the best of any of the newer movies that they've done. Real, original trilogy, and then this, and then that. I would put Rogue One within the, somewhere in my, in the power rankings of the original trilogy. But also other movies make, go in the same order as the original uh, trilogy, so. Uh, on our show notes for one of the the not episodes, just because we have like a hopper that we kind of have stuff sitting in, I'm going to put Star Wars breakdown. Like, I think we could have a discussion just about our Star Wars rankings and where we think everything fits. Um, oh man, a whole episode where I'm told I'm wrong. Can't wait, <laughs> wait, that's uh, no, because I, I feel like I I'm going to be on the I, other side of the table from you two. So I agree with you about. Uh, Rogue One. I think it's like top tier. It's up it's up there. But uh something I'm hoping is gonna be up there because everything about the log line for Star Wars Skeleton Crew, it just it hits me right. Being a child of the eighties and growing up with things like the Goonies and Stand By Me and like Monster Squad. Ambient. Even now with like stranger things, like I love that group of kids like coming together to get through something. Uh, and you're setting that in the Star Wars universe? Hell yeah. And you give me Jude Law with it, too? <laughs> Just because you and Jude Law have the same hairline, it's it's always Jude Law, that's, Jude Law, Jude Law. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Thank <laughs> you. And also probably the only time I'll ever be compared to Jude Law. But you know what? Take it. Uh, so... I had the same statement I said to my wife, and I said... Uh, that hey, she has the same no, hairline? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I go, uh, do you know what me and Ed McMahon have in common? And she's like, no, what? Uh, we've both been punched by you. That's right, my wife punched Ed McMahon. When and how? She was a little girl. She I... was at something... She she like she was kidnapped by space pirates. We've all she, been there as little girls. <laughs> Ed McMahon she, shows up, says that his his father sent her him, and he's a Jedi. She's like, "Prove it, float me." He does it, so she punches him. Uh, she was part of something that they presented something to him, and he was doing his shtick, and was like, "Oh, little girl, you got a boyfriend?" Was it a giant check? Yeah, it was. Were they? It was a giant knocking on his door. Sign, sign it, the check with. Uh, yeah, and then she just he's asked her like, "Oh, you got a boyfriend?" And she <laughs> she punched him and said no. But yeah, she punched him. Ed was that him. an invitation? Is that? <laughs> I guess she she thought it was. So I don't want you, dirty old man. Your star search is over. Found one. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> anyways, uh, but a, a lot of fun stuff that they talked about and discussed. Uh, I'm excited. For... Wait, how did that have anything to do with Jude Law? Because <laughs> Chris was like the the time he, like the only time somebody's going to compare me to uh, Jude Law. The only, the only time, time he's compared, compared to, to, to Ed McMahon. Both been punched okay. by my wife. The, th- the thread was there. Uh, okay. I'm excited for the stuff that they had talked about with the Ahsoka show, with 
a lot of crossover from Rebels. Always happy to see kind of the toe being dipped back into that universe. But guys, we got to see the announcement, and the person that was playing Sabine was there. At, uh, talked about uh, Ezra is still far, far, far away. <laughs> Confirmation Chopper is going to be in it, though. That's cool. Everybody uh, loves some chop. We didn't get any kind of talk about Rogue Squadron, which made me sad. Especially I think since Top Gun Maverick is breaking all the records. So why don't we have our Top Gun Star Wars movie? I think it's so far down the line it. just with Patty Jenkins working on other stuff that it's... They had this it's, it's on the table. trailer thing, though. Like, she was going to work on it, and now she's not working on it. Now she's but they did, something else. they did confirm oh. Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie will be out before that one. I'm still nowhere on what that one's going to be, but... Yeah. What I'm... What I'm really excited for, and this kind of shocked me, uh, we got the trailer for the new Willow show coming out on Disney+. And this hit me on the nostalgia nerve that I didn't know I had, because I don't remember the last time I saw Willow. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember seeing it as a kid and digging it. But something about this just hit me in the way that I was like, yeah, I can't wait for that. And I don't know if I'm going to sit down and rewatch Willow in the lead up to it. I don't know how that movie's aged, but it's still pretty man, good. As soon as as soon as Willow comes out, I'm watching it. Like, claymation, no claymation, like monsters. You know, it's it's good. Like you yeah. can tell the special effect. You know, decent, but they're you know miniaturizing. You know, guys in suits. That, that's guys not, like that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Because and I Mad can, Mad Mardigan's amazing. He's so cool. I can separate how movies are made because you know 70s and 80s like yeah yeah, i I can tell but what gets me now is kind of like the storytelling and how stuff was done um there's not to go on a tangent but i felt like there's an overarching need to explain stuff to earlier movie audiences and now it's like no no people understand story structure like look at this we can kind of breeze past it mm-hmm. um, I don't know and that's what takes me out of a movie if I watch something that's a little bit older now uh, yeah no I think it still holds up okay. um, and also I'm excited about this too I've always wanted the um, to save a baby yes to save a baby uh, no I've always wanted a Willow sequel and I think there's like two or three books that they were going to make. Like they were going to use those those books as script. They were going to be scripts for movies, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, we're not." I'm George Lucas. I'm not going to make these movies. I, I, just well, they, them out they, in books. They they thought about it, but then they were like, "Oh, these are all just short stories." What's the point? Ooh. Oh, okay. That, that, that was oh, nice. That was, that was better. Like, oh, that was better yeah, than yeah, the joke that yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to say. Uh, but. There was always a plan for for sequels for this, so I'm just hoping they are maybe basing them off of those stories. I didn't, which realize, I think it is. I didn't realize Warwick Davies was only like 17 when he did Willow. Yeah, he was really young. I, yeah. he was like a child when he was in when he was in yeah. uh, uh, yeah, Je- Re- Jedi. Returner. Jedi. Yeah, Jedi. I don't know why I could not think That's of the, the movie. But yeah, he was like so young, and he, he talked about uh, because he, in an interview he talked about like how he really appreciated Val Kilmer because he always made him laugh, made him feel comfortable on set, like, and really taught him a lot about how to 
you know, block act. and act. Yeah. Because yeah. he was already kind of a movie star at that point, you know. Uh, Val Kilmer. And apparently Val Kilmer is going to play a large part of the story, though he's doubt that he's going to be in it. I know that he made a short cameo in this Top Gun Maverick. That's been spoiled for me, so I'm spoiled really? for you. I, it, it, no, that's kind of cool because that's not a movie that I plan on seeing because... I, I heard it's like breaking all kinds of box office records, but I'm not a fan of the original Top Gun. Like it's, if they they could do the same thing with Days of Thunder, and I'd be like, okay, like I wouldn't go see that either. Like I, it's just not not my kind of movie. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah, but they digitally did his. Voice. No, they do risky business, riskier business. Maybe. They did a uh, bunch of movies just like that, though, Chris. You could probably find it. The pizza one where it was visit, a pizza delivery. I want it on a plane. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's risky. Uh, so they're in a cockpit. Riskier business. It's an airline. Uh, um, yeah, they did the digitally the same way they did Luke's voice. Like They fed his his lines character's through lines AI. through an AI and then produced it, which... I mean, it works. I mean, the 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 guy can't can't talk now. You know, it's so it. You know, it makes sense that the scene he's in keeps talking about like those lions, ghosts in the darkness. That was that was the one you you were going to go like I, Island of Doctor Moreau. No, that was the first Spell <laughs> Gilmer movie that popped in my head. Not like the Batman movie he was in that I've seen like, multiple times. Good one. Or Real Geniuses. <laughs> classic. Classic. Not uh, to be confused with Baby Geniuses. Also a classic. <laughs> Man, if somebody had that on VHS, still in the cellophane wrap, that would be worth yeah. pennies. It's going to be uh, buried with Chris Roy. Honestly, VHS movies in uh, the shrink wrap still actually do sell for a good amount on eBay. Weird factors with me like, trying to like thrift stuff and flip it like it's worth money I don't know why uh, we went thrifting today and I found a copy of um, the Les Mis from 1995 that had Liam Neeson in it and I looked it up and it, it was one of the things it, was, it only sells for like 10 bucks but I'm like it's not worth it for me to like put the time and effort into this but you know that's and a good it's movie the one where they don't sink yeah no it's the one that's based off of the book Anyways, uh, uh, the other thing I think of note, Paul, you kind of mentioned it too because John played it. Jedi Survivor. We got a little teaser for that, the sequel to Jedi Outcast. Yeah, taking five, place five years after Jedi uh, Fallen Order. So I'm excited to uh, catch up with the whole crew of the Mantis because I'm playing through my second playthrough right now. And like, I felt like I got the Night Sister spoilers for the game. Uh, Mirian, right? Uh, on my crew, like, at the very end, and, like, there was no character development for her. Basically, she joins the crew, and then a guy went off, did the last mission, and, like, oh, that was it. That was the end. So, I don't, uh, so I'm excited to see more character interaction with these people, because um, I speak, raced through it. Uh, speaking of character, Paul, I completely forgot to talk to you about this somehow when we were doing, like, our pre-show chit-chat. Um, you excited for... Dragon Age Four, oh. um, what was it called? Like the Timberwolf Dr- or something? Or Dread Dreadwolf, Dreadwolf, something like that. No, I all I saw was the title of it, and I was like, oh, okay. I never finished Dragon Age 
three? Four. Inquisition. I think Inquisition was three, yeah. Yeah, yes. I never finished it. Never it never got hooked. I started doing side mission, side mission, side mission. And then it was like, I would drop it and then do something, play another game. So um, probably Mass Effect for the fourth time. Probably. probably <laughs> Cause something I'm like, is, is, cause you, you start playing Dragon Age, you're like, man, you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do that sixth playthrough where now my character is uber horny. <laughs> Not just the normal. <laughs> um, but uh, circling back into Star Wars, Jedi Outcast is actually a game that I've watched like playthroughs of it for the story hits because the game itself looks awesome and looks like it's a blast to play, but I'm just involved and interested in the story of Calcastus and it's something that I definitely want to check out and play. Um, when we were doing the pre-show stuff, I was actually clearing room off of my computer because I do want to download some other yeah. games. Um, there's a bunch a bunch of stuff that's for free right now on the Epic Game Store um, that I kind of want to get. Also, Diablo Immortal released yesterday. Uh, I downloaded that on my phone, and they have crossplay with it. So, oh, nice. anything that you do on your mobile, you can also pick up and continue on PC. So I'm like, you know what? That would be fun because it kills my phone battery because I sank an hour into it and lost oh, a lot of battery. You got you got to get one of these new phones because I I played a ton of it and I'm only down a quarter on my phone. Ooh, better batteries, motherfucker! But you can't th- but you can't buy a comic book on I can't Amazon. Buy a <laughs> comic book on it. We'll get to that. Stupid uh, fucking assholes. Speaking of speaking of comic books, explicit tag. Speaking of comic books, uh, someone whose name you won't be seeing on any comic books from Marvel coming out in the near future oh. is going to be Joe Casada. Uh, Joe Casada, who's been editor-in-chief of Marvel for the past 20 years, uh, since we actually got back into comics, like our formative comic book years now, uh, stepping away from Marvel. No, no word on where he's going or what he's going to be doing, but... Yeah, someone who my, we've seen speak many times. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he'd always do the Cup of Joe panels uh, at the conventions we would go to. Um, he had his Friday uh, thing on Newsarama, Friday with Joe... He, he did the, you know, for a while there, did the Cup of Joe inside the comic books. Um, Alonzo, Alexis, Axel Alonzo. Alonzo was the editor-in-chief since, what, 2011? He, but he became, Joe Casada basically became, like, the Publ- head of... Publisher, right? Pub, yeah, publisher or head of executive of creative, creative executive, something like that. And... Um, but then now it's all kind of folded into uh, Kevin Feige is like the head, you know, creative officer of Marvel. I don't. Know, I I think it's. I'm. It was when I hear big names like this leaving, it makes me a little worried that it's all being folded into the MCU machine, which is the MCU so, has been pretty great. That was my question though, because you know Dan DeDeal left DC. I figured like two years ago now, it's been a minute. Uh, Joe Casada stepping away. Since comic books are now just kind of the launching ground for the other forms of media, do comics need to have like that big bombastic personality that's like the mouthpiece for the brand anymore? Or have we finally hit the point where the content and the characters and the stories speak for themselves? So they don't have to have that, you know, carnival barker out there, you know, poking the, the competition bear. 
I think you still need the car. I think you need the Carnival Barker now a little bit more so than ever, just to for somebody, maybe not the Carnival Barker, but somebody that's in those you, meetings. You need somebody who loves and appreciates the character to write great stories for them to go, oh, that was great. Let's make that into a movie. Mm-hmm. Or let's take elements of that and make it into a movie. Because I need people in that boardroom saying, no, this medium is important. The way that we tell stories in this medium is different than movies, and it's important to tell them this way as a comic book. And don't just treat comic books like a place to dump your unsold script. Because, man, some of the worst (laughs) cowboys versus aliens. Like, you know, uh, the fountain... Yeah, the fountain... uh, there were a lot of comic books for. Well, a while the fountain there was were... he was it was a movie script that he thought was never going to get made. Mm-hmm. So then he made it Turned into a comic, comic book. Yeah, and, and then, then he, it got then it got made. Movie. Like, but that kind of like <clears throat> Mark Miller, the the Miller verse bullshit that he does. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the reboot of the fifty two of DC's fifty two to try to make more ready for to try to make it like. Ready for it to be made into a movie. I think it does comics a disservice when you're writing for film with comics instead of just telling and doing things that only comics can do. Yeah, well said. So I need. Well I want said. somebody. I want somebody that feels the same way. <laughs> well, you know what I want? Another beer. Because I talk too beer. much, and now you. you well, you have. Uh, you've barely drank that. I'm almost done with mine. Well, I'm almost done with... I was leading. I was directing conversation. I'm uh, drinking the Genesee Tropical Pineapple Kolsch. Mm. Uh, There's a lot more of these cans left in my basement fridge than the uh, ruby red. And just because it gives a... It's an okay thing. But the pineapple is kind of got a sweetness there. It's not there. It's not as refreshing for whatever reason. No, the the pineapple... In my opinion with it, the pineapple... You get that pineapple sensation, like, mm-hmm. on the sides of your tongue. Yeah. But you don't get the pineapple, like, a good pineapple flavor. Mm-hmm. And, like, halfway on your palate, it just turns into beer. Yeah. Like, it's not as, it is not as refreshing as the grapefruit. And I don't even think the pineapple is great. It's 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 nice on the nose, but... Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it sh- definitely has a pineapple sensation. Like everything yeah. that everything on my tongue as I'm drinking it registers as pineapple. Like I took a bite of pineapple. But it's not refreshing. It's not it doesn't have that same oomph, that same yeah. it, it doesn't have that same lightness because of that big pineapple flavor. It's not as light and as crushable and, and just enjoyable as a ruby red, the grapefruit. Yeah. We did the Schoferhofer pineapple and that poured them out for everybody. Everybody tried them. There's probably like maybe four or five of us. Yeah, five of us. And um, it was just a much better pineapple experience for a beer. Hmm. I would believe it because. John, yes. you're almost done with yours. I, I'm drinking the same beer as Chris. I picked it up. This was my last four-pack in the store I grabbed. Nice. Uh, I went to my beer store today. They still had a couple left on the shelf, but 
Um, I passed up on it just because I have other stuff to drink. So yeah, but Chris, I, I picked else. this up because you were raving about it. Uh, and why do you like this beer? Yeah. Uh, this is Neon Boodles. This is coming from Cooperstown, New York's uh, brewery, oh my gang, with Buffalo, New York's Thin Man Brewing. Uh, this Go is Bills. A- Go Bills. Uh, this is a tr- <laughs> tropical raspberry hazy IPA. Um, 6.8% 6.8% ABV. Um, I love this because it's the right amount of hazy IPA, and then you get that nice, like, minky boodle raspberry tart kind of on the back end. It's like if you had cut your juice bomb IPA with, like, a raspberry lambic. Um, I love me a minky. I haven't had any of the other, like, the, the neon whatever from Oma Gang. I've seen them on my beer shelf, but I haven't picked them up because I haven't really heard like anything about them. And if I'm going to be buying an Oma Gang beer, I would rather get something like uh, Three Philosophers or like an Abbey Ale. Like, uh, like a Rare Voss, if it for some reason ever pops up again. Um, but this just, it hit the notes that it said it was going to hit, and I I really dug it. Uh, yeah, Neon Rainbows is good. It's good for the price point, too. Like, up here, it's it's twelve ninety nine for... Um, it's twelve ninety nine for a neon rainbows. They have neon like a neon light. They do a double rainbows, um, and this is good. It to me, I and again like I'm getting like some nice like tanniny teainess with that raspberry tart. Um, it's nice. It's I, it goes down incredibly smooth. Um, there's good flavor between the two. Um, yeah, I like it. Like I. I had my hopes up for it because, again, like I can get Minky Buddha down here, so that wasn't a shock. If I couldn't, I would probably go into this beer with a much higher expectation, but it it delivered. Um, it's like you had a Minky Boodle, and then you didn't rinse your glass out, and you poured an Omegang yeah. IPA into your glass afterwards, and you're like, no, no, I'll allow it. Like, this, this works. It's fine. Yeah, oh yeah, you're talking like peanut butter. Um, I I really do enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a good marriage of these two beers. I think the balance is perfectly there. I think if they had gone too much in either direction, either the hazy IPA or like the raspberry, it probably wouldn't work for me. But it's it's great. Like it it was a nice surprise. First of all, that I saw it, and then second of all, that I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I uh, you describing it, Chris, makes me want to pick it up even more. Yeah, I think John. I think like, I do. I think you would like it a lot, Paul. But it's it's towards the end of its run up here. So, Paul, I would. Paul, you gotta, I guess you got to come down to Florida because <laughs> just go to the beer store and get them. Um, but yeah, check uh, check those uh, Aventura Cabana Bay reserve yeah, prices again. The one thing I'm interested in, Chris, is if. Yours is actually from Cooperstown because closer. Oh, I think it's like a satellite. Closer brewery. to you is um, Boulevard. Brew and canned by Brewery Omegang, Cooperstown. Okay, because I know that a lot of the stuff is yours. It, yes, <laughs> it, it, somewhere else. No, but okay. I was gonna say the Omegang. What are I, the chances? The Omegang beers that are you're getting in that area, I believe, are brewed. 
and canned in um, at Boulevard Brewing because they're mm. all part of Duvel. I do like a, a Boulevard beer too, though, so uh, I'm, I'm okay with so, that. And I don't know if they just, they're sending them the cans and the recipe and they're brewing it to send it out your way. Um, and I think they own another brewery closer to California that, but when I was in, when I was in Belgium, they had Oma Gang beers and, um, Boulevard beers and the other brewery that they own, I forget what the name is. They had those at the, at the, the Belgian brewery I went into and I went, what the hell is this? And then I saw that the brewery that we were at was also part of the Duvel uh, portfolio that I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. But they were, those beers, I believe, brewed in Belgium. So that's why I asked, uh, like, I was like, hmm, it'd be no, interesting. I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that they were like brewing and canning off site too. But uh, while we were talking, Yanni actually came out and handed me a can of a cider that she had got. Uh, and she was not impressed by, and this is the 1911, uh, Watermelon mint, what watermelon mint small batch hard cider. Um, it smells just like a watermelon Jolly Rancher on the nose, and then as soon as you take a sip, it's watermelon, but then it like it rolls into like a spearmint flavor. It's a it's a weird mixture. She hated it. Um, <laughs> she but like she likes her ciders, and this is still like very full. I don't mind it. Um, it's a weird mix that works unlike the neon boodles where you're like oh yeah that's perfect this is something that i guess would be fine like if you went to someone's house and they were like living on like a southern plantation style and like they bring out like the tray and it has like a big pitcher with the glasses on it and then it was like oh it's watermelon infused sparkling beverage like i would say like okay i guess yes you're fancier than i am but i'll, I'll drink this on a hot day it's I think it's weird. I, I think it's crazy that you're drinking a Neon Boodles and a nineteen eleven because that's just out of Syracuse that that cidery. They had they had a bunch of ciders from them. Yeah. Uh down here. I don't know it just says handcrafted in New York. Beacon Skiff. Um produced by Beacon Skiff. Yeah. Lafayette. Um it's it's weird. I I like it, but I like it hesitantly because each time I'm about to take another sip I'm like do I actually like this? I do not like the combination of mint and watermelon. I don't. I'm not a big I just, mint I don't. person in general. Like if I'm going to have iced tea, I don't want it to be minty. I don't. I wouldn't mind mint in my iced tea, but I don't like. Yeah, watermelon mint for whatever reason. Those two together do not like it. I remember when I worked at a grocery store chain here in uh, Western New York. There was one time where I just like just I was doing a demo. No, what is it? Spelunky. Like a, like, it a like a salad, almost. Yeah, a watermelon, mint, and feta together as a salad. Oh, like, see, I think. Oh, <laughs> and it I, was. Let me go gross. get some feta. I and thought just, it was like, gross. Add this to it. And I was there, like, well, you got to try it and sell it. And I'm like, so was it like actual watermelon, or was like the watermelon rind? No, no, it was the actual watermelon, okay. and it was just. It became, after like five minutes, because, you know, you're there, and you're just trying, it becomes so soupy, and it was just so, and then the feta became slimy. It was just gross. It was not, it didn't taste good. 
I, I don't know if we didn't follow the recipe correctly. I don't know what happened. See, I like whatever. I like fe- I like a feta with my with oh, my I, watermelon. That's a it's a I good just love feta in general. It it was <clears throat> gross. Whatever we did that day, it did not work. I still don't. I don't know if it would ever work. I'm too afraid to try. Well, the problem is that's something that you'd make in a salad, like in a salad form. Okay. And then you would yeah. dish it out with a, like a slotted spoon instead of like cutting a big juicy chunk of watermelon to sit in the juice. Yeah, it should, and the should leaf drain. is you know that leaf. But we did it. It was in a big bowl, and we cut it. It was all diced up. It was all mixed together with, and then we put it in those little you know sample cups. Yeah, see, you should have had it at the in the bowl, and then dished it out from the bowl to the in the cup. It's, and said, that's what I was doing. Well, you, you uh, sorry, it made it sound like you dished it into the cups and then had the cups sitting out and then handed it to the people. You know, you would say, was the bowl I don't think chill? Any of was this it fucking sitting? Matters. No, no, this matters, guys. We're looking forward to comic books coming out June eighth, twenty twenty two. Paul, what you looking forward to? Guys, I am in Star Wars. I am deep within it. I. Don't care if maybe I read a couple of these issues already. I am going to pick it up anyways. And this is Star Wars Tales of Kersantan, number one. Uh, this is, yes, uh, a, a recollecting ep, uh, issues 14 and 15, as, as oh, along with uh, issue 20 from Star Wars, starting in 2015. That run, and also Star Wars Dr. Aphra, annual number one. I'm pretty sure the only one I've read was Star Wars... Dr. Aphra annual number one. But yeah, maybe I've read was, the other ones. That was the I first appearance of him and I think like zero 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 and like BD one, I think. Yeah. Um Triple Zero. Yeah. Triple Zero and Paul, I I felt so burned when I picked up the droids <laughs> book that was like the four backup stories that I had read in other comics. How much is this one priced at? This is priced at seven or seven ninety nine, so eight bucks for you one, already two, three, four issues. I've read, I probably read you, one, maybe I've read two. So six dollars for or eight dollars for two issues. That's here's the thing. This is the that's book that you're gonna. This issue. is the book you're gonna pick for the look back, and I'm gonna hate you for it. I'm not gonna pick this for the no. Look back. I, this is too many books. This is the book Paul would pick that I would read and be like, oh, I already read this one. I, I know I liked it because it was Dr. Afro. Dr. Afro is awesome. This is a um, trade-in policy, if anything. If I if I could get this on the show, it would have I, no one answer. Paul, I think, if anything, hold off and see what the trades that these issues are in are priced <laughs> at. And just buy the... Like, I'm not even yeah, making yeah. a joke. I'm saying, like... Because you can probably get those trades, like the whole collection. They're probably on sale for right maybe now like because five, it was Star Wars bucks. Day. Oh yeah, because Star Wars Wars weekend. Yeah, you can uh, probably you get all these the trades, <laughs> see the price, and then they'll tell me that I can't buy it there, and then I'll have to go to the website on my computer and buy it there, and then download it to my phone. That sounds that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> That's what are you looking for? And good plans. Good plans. What are you looking for? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to a book we kind of got a little precursor for a few months ago uh, with Poison Ivy number one, mm. written by G. Willow Wilson, art by uh, Marcio Takara. This is actually spinning out of the Poison Ivy story that we got in the 
Gotham City villains like 80th anniversary special back when they were putting out all their 80th anniversary specials for all the DC comics. Uh, they did a special one for the villains because a lot of the villains were created in that first year of uh, Batman and Detective Comics. Um, I really enjoy that story. I can't tell you anything about it now, but I do remember that being a standout alongside the Danny DeVito written Penguin tale. Um, I'm just looking forward to this one. Um, I, I don't have a lot to say. I think it's just an interesting pick. It's a very light week for me. This is the only book I actually have coming out. And I was going to go and see if there was anything else releasing this day that I would think about, but just having that memory of how much I'd like that Poison Ivy story, I was like, no, like I'm fine with this being my pick. Hey, go. uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dark Crisis uh, number one limited event series uh, written by Joshua Williams, art by Daniel Semfrey. And basically, uh, I read that Zero Issue free comic book day, and I was like, I I kind of want to see where it goes. And you know why? Because fucking Wally West is the Flash in it. And it's going to be Hal Jordan, which uh, I would have maybe rather have had uh, Kyle Rayner in there. Nightwing, Shazam, Black Adam, Superboy. It looks like a Red Robin-esque character, maybe. Uh, let's let's go for it. I have not been a event comic book person for years. Marvel really killed me on it, and DC just wasn't doing a good job with it. Uh, so let's let's see if this has got it because I kind of I kind of enjoy maybe the roster a little bit. And isn't that the point of your Justice League book is to find the roster that you like? <laughs> wow, I wish I knew what episode we built our <laughs> our Justice Leagues on because that was years ago now. Um but man, we we love reading some comics. And sometimes we do them actually as dramatic readings. And now, a dramatic reading from X-Men Red number 1. Page 13. Yeah. One. That was a dramatic reading from X-Men Red, number one. Page 13, panel one. You can thank Paul uh, for that what one. Cares? Hey, internet. Now you have something in common with John's wife. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard John no, it, it's more of, I'm done now. <laughs> it's very waspy of you, John. <coughs> oh. 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 I'm glad I have this cider because I already finished the neon noodles mm. and I need a drink after that one. <laughs> that was funny. Hey, every once in a while I get to make a funny joke. It was. It was. Um, but guys, so since John, you had picked Dark Crisis number one for your pick for the list, do we want to jump into our main topic with our May 2022 look back by talking about DC Crisis number zero? Because Paul, you yeah. set it up. This was your pick. 
this is my pick. I don't know who, you know, Comixology now no longer has on the app. Maybe, nope, that's my bookmarks. Where's this info for this? Uh, I went to the first page, and it's, it just has an ad for Dark Crisis, and it says, written by Josh, uh, Joshua Williamson, art by Daniel yep. Shampar- Shampari? Shampari? Um, I don't know, because the artwork that you're seeing throughout this book is mostly done by uh, Jim Chung. Oh. Okay, yeah, it's, um, okay, it's I don't know who wrote it, and Chung. It's uh, Williamson, so, yep, Joshua Williamson. And then, who did you say the artist was? Uh, Jim Chung, because as soon as I saw that, that first page, I was like, okay, I, I know this. Um, his style's so recognizable to me. He previously worked on stuff like Young Avengers when that series launched, and that's really what put him on the map for me as kind of like one of my go-to favorite comic book artists. He does big superhero stuff well, and he actually did Justice League when it uh, was relaunched. I can't remember if it was with Bendis when Bendis was doing it. It was one of the books that I wanted to pick up and be like, "Yeah, like I'm, I am on board for Justice League right now." Because we read the first issue for the look back, but I think it was coming out twice a month, and at that point, I'm like, "Oh, this is a little bit too expensive to keep buying twice a month. I'll wait for the trade and just." didn't but uh paul set it up all right so this uh book basically features uh kids going through the hall of justice which has now been turned into a museum uh talking about the heroic efforts of the justice league who are now dead that's right superman uh martian manhunter uh green lantern but it looks like it's um john stewart uh, Green Lantern, Wally, uh, or uh, the uh, Flash, Barry. but we know it's uh, not Wally. Yep, Barry Allen, uh, Batman, Green Arrow, Canary, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Aqua, Aquaman, Hawk Girl, and yeah, Black Canary and Green Arrow have all passed away. Are all gone. And if you <clears> read that issue that I did, uh, they all we, got... We, we didn't, because Paul yeah. told us not to read it. <laughs> it was just wacky, because they all get, like, zapped into this multiverse, like, into the bleed, and like, they all just disappear in a flash to fight against uh, Pariah and his, like, weird shadow monsters that, kind of like what we saw in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they end up, you know, getting defeated. Like, it's uh, Superman from the President Superman from Earth like thirty four. Uh, the Zoo Crew are there. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew are there. Like it's just a mesh, and it just happens all so quickly that it. I'm like, but what are you getting a like grip on? What's in what this book? On. And I don't think I was meant to. Uh, this but, group so- follows kids in the in the Hall of Justice uh, being led uh, by a. Uh, tour guide, but the tour guide, if you look at page, I don't know, five, the very last panel, where the kids are asking a bunch of questions and the tour guide's face is like completely in shadow and her pupils are, her, like the, the whites of her eyes are dark. Right then and there, you knew she was going to be a villain. And he, when he turned the page, boom, it turns out she was Clayface the whole time. And Wally West comes in to save the day, along with the kids, because the kids grab the uh, mother box that Clayface was going to steal. 
and he has this weird thing saying that he was a hero once, and I'm like, man, we've made everybody. Yeah, it was good. Uh, like even in the, uh, I, I like that detective comics run though. I think that was well done, and it was. I did fall off of reading it, so I don't know if this is addressed. But me jumping into this book and he, him being like all super villainous, I'm like, last time I saw this character, he was working alongside like the Bat Fam, and again, it's been probably a year and a half since I actively read that. But he even says, eh, I don't have the I people to keep me on the straight and narrow, and these guys balance. pay better. So, it's, like, it was easy for me to go, okay, that's what they're mm-hmm. doing this. But they commented on the fact that he was a good guy. Yeah. yeah. They, they did bring it, and I'm glad they did that, because my complaint about this, and this was the free comic book day, Offering from DC Comics this, for this year. Um, they don't tell you what happened in that Justice League 75, like, Road to Dark Crisis, whatever it was called. Yeah. Well, I, read it, I, I told you what happened. Does it know, make any sense it's, to you? It's not, it's not here in this book, though. And I kind of would have liked some of that because the last half of this book is a sneak peek at Dark Crisis number one. I would have liked to have known more of what happened in Justice League 75 to lead into this. Um, instead of just that nebulous, like, oh, Justice League always protected us. They're gone now. Oh, it's time for new heroes to rise up. I think everything in here is very well done. And, like, Jim Chung always knocks it out the park on his superhero books. I think he is a fantastic superhero comic book artist. Um... I, I love that, like what John said, they use Wally West Flash. Like, I'm super glad he's back. But, yeah. man, I, I feel like I know less than these kids about the state of the DC universe right now. And I would have just liked a little bit more than like, oh, yeah, they're all dead now. Okay, well, you're trying to get me to jump into your big crossover event with my, the, this free comic book? Mm-hmm. T- t- tell us more than just yeah they're they're dead. They kind of do on the very very last page after the previews, like they say the eternal darkness or whatever uh, figures out that his real villains as superheroes, and you know together with Pariah. I uh, think I, I honestly had stopped reading at that point because they started going through. All the other DC crises, crises, however yeah. you want to say it, um, and it was at that point that I was like, "Oh, a lot of these books I <clears throat> did not like, and I had bought and read all of them." Um, so I kind of like tuned out at that point. Hmm. Yeah, no, um, but yeah, I read that issue, Chris, and to sum it up, I tried, and it it's. It was a mess. So, I don't know. Shadow Monsters, they got flipped away. I don't know if the kids actually know what happened to the Justice League. I don't think anybody kind of knows really in the world what happened with the Justice League that other than they're just gone. You know? So. Because oh. I'm not even sure if they're really dead or not. Because, you know. It could, it could be uh, Age of Obsidian. They've been blinked to a different time and yeah. place. Um. I, but that's I, not the question, Chris. It's not the question I, of like where they went. It's the question. The real question is who will step up. 
I'm assuming it's going to be the superheroes that are in silhouette behind Wally West as he's asking that question. And I could take the time to list them all out, but I'm not going to. This comic book's free. Um, yeah. Go to your local comic book store, see if they still have copies of this available. Grab one, because what is here is well done. I don't want my nebbish complaining to detract from it, because... I think what's in here is executed well. I just would have liked a li- even just like one or two throwaway panels. Especially with this being the zero. I not following the story. I, up I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're so keen. They're so keen to tell me what happened in the past five crisis crossovers at the back end. Just tell me what happened to lead up to this, please. Well, Chris, it tells you right there to be continued in Justice League Road to Dark Crisis number one and Dark Crisis number one. Which, when so, I went to the comic book store today, I saw, um, like, the the One Crisis book on the shelf, and I was like, is this the one that was free? Can I just take this? And then I looked at it, I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Like, the cover's different on it. Um, you know, but, yeah, go to your comic book store, grab a copy of this, you know, download it off of, not Comixology. No, you can't. You have to go on. Go but the, it's free, the so Amazon, who do you? The Amazon Amazon Kindle store to download okay. it for free. Um, and when you go to your comic book store, buy some other stuff too. Like, yeah. uh, my question is, I held up. Uh, so John, I, I think we up. have to get into the beer next to answer your question. Yeah. And so I am drinking from Dogfish head in collaboration with Patagonia, the clothing company. This is their provisions. Uh, Kernza Pills. And this is made with a newer perennial grain um, that actually is uh, a long-rooted perennial developed by the Land Institute. And besides the benefits to your ecosystem, the Kernza adds a snappy crispness uh, to this refreshing, refreshing Pilsner. But uh, this... Uh, grain helps with uh, drawing down um, carbons and protects against uh, erosion and helps build healthy topsoil. Um, so they found that this grain, they can do something else with that grain, and that's make a beer. Um, this beer is 85% organic ingredients, uh, organic malted barley, organic hops. I was going to ask, because usually like, the water. beers I've had this is actually like, pretty good beer. organic. Um, haven't been that great. Like they're not as flavorful and like pronounced as I would like. So I like, I do like the graininess taste. It's definitely a different taste. It, it, I find it pleasant on my palate. I could see where somebody else who had it might not like this beer. Um, but I, I, I like it. It has this kind of interesting graininess, maltiness with that Pilsner-y crispness. I think I would like this beer a lot better if I had it when I was out on a hike and it's hot. And it would be more refreshing than my third beer sitting in a basement talking to two nerds. Like... There's definitely a, like, if I was active, uh, Paul's coming over to my house on Sunday to help build a swing set for my son, 
And during the course of that, this beer would be great for that. Uh, instead, I have Bush Apple Light for him and Jack's Abbey Rattlers. Uh, so those are his choices. Uh, but um, no, this beer is good. Well, I got the mix because uh, you suggested. Paul, you got a and third if, beer? If I'm going to do anything uh, with my friends, it's, it's listen to their suggestions, you know. I, I want to just like hear a beer suggestion and blatantly ignore it. Yeah. 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 Just like uh, you know, everyone knows jumping the off the bridge, you jump too. Bodies, anyways, so that's not part of the fall. So uh, I'm drinking the mix of both the uh, ruby red Kolsch and the tropical pineapple Kolsch, and let me tell you, it uh, makes the tropical pineapple Kolsch a little bit better. But at what cost? The cost of the rest of that red, ruby red Kolsch, and it's not worth it. It doesn't elevate the tropical pineapple Kolsch enough to make it, like, it doesn't elevate, it does nothing for the ruby red Kolsch. The ruby red Kolsch disappears. All it does is waters down that pineapple flavor just a little bit more from the tropical pineapple. It, it, it just... It's not worth it. Don't ruin your ruby red Kolsch by mixing it with the tropical. Is it a, is it better than the tropical pineapple? Sure. Fine. But don't do It's not worth it. <laughs> y- Annie, you're going down a path I can't follow. Turn back. <sighs> Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> No, he wasn't. He was not. Um, hey, sometimes science doesn't work out. It happens. Um, you gotta. You gotta wear the lab coat and everything. Hey, you gotta be a dragon of science. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, my final beer for the evening is coming from Edmunds Oast in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And this is their Sour Fruit Punch. This is an American sour ale brewed with cherry, orange, and pineapple. And on the... The label art, it has a little guy that looks like the Hawaiian Punch mascot, but instead of having his red hat or hair, whatever it is, he's like a... I... It's it's like that, but I don't know if that's... It doesn't even like moose. He's got moose like, I haven't had a Hawaiian Punch in forever. Like, I always assumed... I always assumed it was like a I always, hat, but I would have to look at it again. I always thought he just had it. moose antlers. But instead of that, it's like a little skull guy, and like instead of the antlers or whatever, it's like a hop cone. Um, this is good. It's 6.5% ABV. My only complaint about it is that sour ale kind of sweeps through the back of the tongue and covers up all of that cherry, orange, and pineapple. I think if this was a Berliner Weiss, it would feel a lot more like a Hawaiian punch. But you get that kind of like wild ale yeastiness off of it, almost something like you would have from like a Saison. Like that profile kind of covers up all of that bright, sweet fruit flavor that you would want from Hawaiian punch. Those flavors are definitely there in the beginning, but... It's all sour ale on the back end, which, you know, keeps you kind of going back. You want to get another sip to just to relive that bright, vibrant fruit salad, punchy in the mouth taste, and then it follows up with that sour ale. I do like it, 
Um, I, I'm afraid I'm sounding overly negative in this episode about stuff that I am enjoying and liking. Um, yay. Go ahead, send the picture because it's kind of glary. Let me, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say you can't see it. Yeah. It's a hat. And painted red. But it's like a weird straw hat. I always thought they were like weird cuts. It's bizarre. Like just almost yeah. like dreadlocks. I always thought well, that, they it, were. It does kind of look like that. Um, Moose this isn't bad. Like I picked antlers. up a four pack of it just because I was not able to get the juice haze that Jean had talked up last time. My beer store said they had it, but they did not. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Pause. The Voodoo Ranger? Yeah. Are you going to drink that? IPA? Oh, Juice Force, as, not Juice Haze. As, as suggested yeah. by my good friend, John, who, who who loves talking to two nerds down in his basement, I don't know when he does that, but, you know, I would like who, to be invited who, to that. What other two people are you talking to, John? <laughs> yeah, what, who, are these, who are these two nerds that you talk to in your basement? I have no other friends. Why am I not invited? I feel like I'm a pretty much of a nerd. But we'll talk about that later after we talk about your, your book, John. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I see it. It is like a weird straw hat. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I never saw that updated version of it. I always saw, like, that original yeah. one that's on the left. Yeah, okay. I, I'm i more confused than I was before <laughs> now. But, John, you got a book here that we're going to be talking about. What you got, boy? Yeah, I have... Uh... From DC, this is a one shot number one. DC versus vampires: colon hunters, written by Rosenberg, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Neil Goog. And this is the world has been taken over by vampires. And uh, Damian Wayne is a bounty hunter collecting. Mm. Excuse me. As long as he has the feeling that you're going to burp and not turn into a vampire, because uh, I have not, not coming out other books, so I have no idea why these people are now vampires. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, for some reason, uh, for some reason, um, Dick Grayson has was one of the first to turn into a vampire, and he's taken over, and he's running at least Gotham City. And uh, Damian Wayne is a vampire bounty hunter bringing in people, but he's actually really saving them and moving them in an under... I'm going to revert back to my complaint about the Dark Crisis Zero. I'd like to know what happened in the DC versus Vampire series, because how the hell is Damian Wayne a vampire? Like... He should be the last person to fall, so I was kind of surprised by that. Wait, do you have the book? Are you buying it? Okay. Uh, oh no! I, 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 I was like, you had the DC. No, well, I have. I have the book that we I'm read. Sorry. Out, out of those characters, out between Dick Grayson and uh, Damian Wayne, who's actually died before? Both, both Damian's been dead. So. Whatever, and and he's died. I twice. think it was issue number one of Robin. He died again. He, he died again. This kid dies left and right. So but you're saying now, he can't be undead, Chris? But what now are you he saying? now he's got I, like the go ahead to just kill because they're vampires. Yeah. 
I think the who's one of the people that he trusts the most, which would be Dick Grayson, who would have gotten close to him and would have turned him into a vampire. And the only reason why Damien isn't full vampire, like, I'm going to be a bad, bad, bad guy, is Dick Grayson killed his father. So he's going to be working with Alfred and other superheroes to get him to safety, to say he's hunting them down, to say he's killing them, getting his bounties, getting his his blood, and... um I had fun with I had fun with this book. I I looked at this as there's some other event and it uh, happened so and this is like a spin-off of it and I had a good time book. with it. There was another but one shot that they did. Because like, when I was searching for this book to it, buy it, they had the question series. mark? There was this and then there was another excuse me, hiccup. There was another one shot that I don't know if it was like a continuation or like another like side spinoff. Um, again, guys, I sound like I'm being overly negative about things that I enjoyed because this book's hella fun. Like, I don't want my my like mm, Damian Wayne should be like. I I love like this was this was super fun. The fact that like criminal mastermind Black Mask <laughs> is like fucking reception at Bruce Wayne's <laughs> like vampire headquarters building. Like he's like name is like it's fucking Robin, Robin Vampire. Damien Wayne walking into the building, like you know who he is. I, I, I really like that it. black mask had now a new mask. He's got fangs. Because I'm like, oh okay, sure, <laughs> why not? Um, I think the best part of the issue is when he's just Dustin, Dustin Jerks. Yeah, oh, he's, he's just like, like he's just like running the through the hallways, like stabbing people, like jumping down the stairs. Um, it, it reminded me of the uh, classic Wolverine, the uh, Dark Phoenix saga, of the Wolverine when he's go when Wolverine's in the sewer and he climbs all the way up and he's just like every panel's just another floor mm-hmm. of him just shinking people and this is him just dusting people all the way down Johnny gave me a weird look uh, I do love like when he does kill when he does kill Black Mask and he's like that bat baby thing did hurt my feelings and he kills him <laughs> also is like hitting a like cuts open his thigh to pull out a wooden stake to kill uh Damien or to kill uh Dick Grayson. Yeah, I had fun with this. I read this book. I picked it up cuz I was like, "Oh, it'll be fun." And then when I read it, I was like, "Hey guys, I I think you I had fun a lot this. of fun like, with it. I did. I really do enjoy John Boy Meyer's artwork a lot. I've seen him in a bunch of other stuff i don't know if it's things that we've ever done for the podcast though but this is the style of artwork that really got me back into comics with like humberto ramos and scotty young like i just love that bright expressive and i hate saying cartoony when it comes to comic book artwork but like very energetic like wide-eyed style um i dug the hell out of this book and it made me want to check out the actual DC versus vampire series, which I think was written by Tom Taylor. Oh. I'm not a hundred percent. That's deceased. I think because that, that's one of the things that popped up that I was like, Oh, it's written by a, a writer that I really like, but it's a side offshoot story. That's like a big mini series. I don't know if I want to commit to My- all of that. James Tinian. Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. Same family, like they're both James Tinian. completely solid writers. 
this made me want to check that out. But then in the back of my mind, I was just thinking, I don't know if I'm going to like the whole series as much as I like the spinoff. Yeah. Um, but I'm not opposed to trying, like, number one. Um, I have to take a look at the calendar. I don't know. Maybe if DC versus Vampires is available as a trade that's reasonably priced, that might be my pick for my next trading policy. I don't know. Because, yeah. John, I really did enjoy this book. And this I was something... I as a trade. This was actually I'll something I thought about picking up when I saw the cover for it. And, John, you have that the book actually in front of you because it's... <laughs> Having not read the book, it's Damian Wayne looking badass, like holding swords and stakes. And I was like, oh, yeah. And maybe that's what got into my mind. I was thinking, like, oh, hell yeah. Like, DC versus Vampires, the Hunters? Like, of course it's going to be Damian Wayne hunting down vampires. He's a, he's a little kid badass. Um, the other one shot they did was uh, called Killers. Which was uh, Harley Quinn rules mm. the human underworld Are we thinking in this Batman, age of darkness. The White Knight Harley Quinn, where she's going to be like the standout favorite character, or is it okay? It's hot. Yeah, it's always always nope. worth, worth asking. Um, but this is the kind of thing like it's a weird, fun comic book, and this is why comic books are fun to read. So, thank you for bringing this to the table, John, because this is a book that literally when I saw it was a spin-out from a series, or a spin-off from a series that I did pick up and read, I was like, oh, why why would I pick that up? Um, thank you for manning up. Because, you know what? You made me buy it anyways, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I... I as soon as I finished reading it is I think I messaged you guys and said like this was a lot of fun and then I said like I want this I I had already kind of picked my book and I was like I'd like to change it I think this will be a much better fun read I think it's a fun book Um, I'm glad someone shot you you guys know where I stand on Damien Wayne right like he's he's your favorite character next to Superboy Prime am I right yeah he he should have stayed dead yes uh, yes, as long as they stay next to each other, sealed away and gone forever. Um, no, Damian Wayne is a great character that is now past where he needed to be. He is Dick Grayson's Robin. Where Dick Grayson was there for Batman to like lighten him up and like, hey, listen, you gotta be better for the whole community and you can't just become a villain yourself by, you know, beating up bad guys. You got to be better than that. And Damien was trained to be an assassin killer, and Dick Grayson was the only one that could step in and be like, "Kid, you got to be a kid. Like, come on, you're Robin. You're not an assassin anymore. You're Bruce Wayne's son. You're better than that." And I can feel your pain of losing Bruce Wayne, of losing your father. I lost a father. And then guess what? I lost another father. His name was Bruce. Have you met him? <laughs> like, like, you didn't know him. I knew him. I am now your linchpin, your, you know, one connection left, you know, other than Alfred to Bruce Wayne. Like, that worked. 
But he, him being alive still and being that bratty kid that's a jerk to everybody, I, like, the longer he sticks around, the more of a failure Dick Grayson is because of that. Because he, because it's comic books. Dick Grayson can't change Damien because Damien has to kind of stay the same. Exactly, but the yeah. goal of Dick Grayson was to change, you know, as him being his Robin, was to make him a better Robin. But he can't because as soon as he's that better Robin... He's he just matter. every other character. Yeah. He's just every other Robin. So stay him dead. Let him... But who who wrote? Wasn't it who uh, wrote bringing Pat, him back to? Uh, uh, it was Pete Tomasi. Pete Tomasi. Yeah. Pete Tomasi. Because it got it got weird. He he went Grant Morrison level to bring him back. Yeah, it was like Pat um, Kyle. I, I don't know where back cow, but that was just like, like they were. That was with the Grant Morrison yeah. one, and it was when they were fighting uh, Doctor Pig, PYG, and like the, your Professor. Oh, sorry, you're right, Professor Pig. Uh, and there Professor. was this cow that had the weird like bat symbol over his eyes mark. <laughs> so they decided to keep him. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. My favorite, some of my favorite moments with Damien are him and Dick. But also, Dick went back to being Nightwing, and Damien went back to being Batman's Bruce Wayne sidekick. And then he ended up dying. And you had that great moment where, right before he dies, they have that goodbye where it's like, you were a really good Robin and like you were a really good Batman. And then he dies. They they had that moment to say goodbye. But I have to say, I do and have enjoyed a lot of this current Damien. I think this current Damien is a lot better Mm -hmm. than, like, the last five years of Damien we've had. Um, I like like Damien. I like when Damien pops up, especially if he's... Mm -hmm. Done, I think well, the current Super Sons, I thought was right a now, lot of fun. It's kind of the heir apparent to that. Yes, you're Robin. You're a superhero. You're the heir to the League of Assassins. You're also a kid. Like we're gonna go have a party at the beach. Like between fights in the tournament. Like you come in and you get those glimpses of him just being like, "No, I'm, I, I'm the badass kid. I, I work alone." And then like going off to read his comic books. Like that that's all still there. And I think you you did hit the nail on the head, Paul. I think you said it best because if they do change him from that character, he's not Damian Wayne anymore. And then he doesn't matter mm-hmm. amongst all the other Robins. And just like Jason Todd has to be that one that's gonna step over that line. Like Damian has to be who he is because that's that's what sets him apart. As soon as you do anything else to kind of bring him in line to be, I, I don't want to say better, but like, you know, good. He's, mm-hmm. he's not the same character anymore. And then what do you do with him? Yeah. And that's my whole thing is unfortunately with him yeah. being so tied in my mind to Dick Grayson, that him staying this way is kind of like, Dick Grayson's failure, you know, because Jason Todd is Bruce Wayne's failure. But Bruce Wayne kind of, 
he kind of earns that failure by like just being like, no, you're a soldier first, like in the army against you took the oath, uh, blah blah blah. Like Dick Grayson is a people person first, superhero second, gymnast third. Have Have you been continuing to read Nightwing at all? No, but I need to. Is it good? Is it exactly what I'm saying right there? Yeah. Yeah. He's such a people person. Him failing Damien just doesn't make sense to me. So Damien being this way just doesn't make sense. But is he... Has he failed Damien or did Damien learn from him and... He's still Damien, but he is going and, like Chris said, he's going and reading his comic books. Like, he's having these moments where he is able to still be a kid. Because this is a kid who lost his childhood. Being trained to be a killer. He never had one. So he is having those moments. And, like, even in this, he's still a (laughs) cold-blooded killer. I mean, he's hiding a stake in his thigh to kill... To kill the man, to kill the man that he admires and looks up to, who killed his father, and even and Grayson says says in this like, yeah, right. He's got something this, we don't. This where is other vampires are missing. He has all. compassion. This is a vampire. I think there is, you get glimpses. This is of a puppy. That, you yeah. get glimpses of it at the end there with like <laughs> Alfred and it's like no, like you get go you can't go ahead him. like. You got. You guys can go. Yeah, and that's him being compassionate. Like that's him allowing them to leave, and saying, "You're never going to have this chance again. You're never going to be able to kill me, but you're never going to have this again." Like I, I thought, I thought the moments in this were all really good and cool and fun, yeah. and I understand where you're coming from. Paul, but I think the fact where they do lighten up Damien and, you know, yeah, he just becomes another Robin, but he still has yeah, an edge okay. to him, but he has learned from 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 Dick. And he has, like, he has those he's, kind of kid moments, shit. but he's still cocky, yeah. he's still a a badass. Uh, speaking about shit kids, yeah. you know who wasn't I one? I think it works. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. oh yeah. But you we, talk, oh, wow. we have no. Paul talk about his you beer. You threw it first? over to him like a while ago. Yeah. John, you uh you, you talked about this last episode. This is the uh New know, Belgium Breweries Voodoo Reindeer series, uh Juice Force IPA. And this is big pineapple flavor, but not like that just tart, fuzzy kind of sensation that that tropical pineapple uh, culture was giving me from Genesee. This is just a very round, you know, rounded, full pineapple flavor. Now, I'm going to take another sip because I talked about Damien so much I'm parched. Mm -hmm. I said it was like you mixed, like, tang and pineapple. Like it's just got a nice yeah, it sweetness. Hippy, it's got that citrus, citrusy and you know, that IPA, pineapple. Like that's what's bringing that depth that the tropical culture is missing. Like as you're tasting the pineapple, you're also getting that hippy, you know, citrus burst, and it's really good. It's a great tropical, 
uh, pineapple IPA. If you're looking for a fruited IPA that's big on the piffy, tartness, citrus, big on pineapple, I don't think you can do better than this beer. I really don't. 9.5. Ooh. So Dang. What's that percentage? Wow. Yeah. I was afraid of that. Uh, they sell these, they sell these in the store. I, was, the one the one of those I saw that at Consumers <laughs> last, uh, last week, Thursday. It's going to so tear the door off the frame. I was like, because we recorded the episode Wednesday last week or Tuesday last week. I forget. It was like the day after. And so I was looking for it. And I saw this that's Consumers near me had that bigger can, and that's all I saw. I wasn't seeing this six-pack on the shelf anywhere. And I'm like, I'm afraid. 9.5. If I drink this, and from what, what John told me, it'll go down way too easy, way <laughs> too quick. There'll be no doors left in my house, because it'll be all torn off the frame. Hey. Yep. No. Uh, you, <laughs> you'll you'll throw up in your kitchen it after growling at someone. It'll get, it'll get real messy real quick. So uh, I asked, and they actually did have it, and it was in the back. They got it for me. So happy I did. So happy that John gave me this recommendation. It is really good. Is it a tiki drink? Is a question that John asked me before the episode started. I kind of went into it. It doesn't have... For tiki, it needs... I need a little bit of spice. I need a little bit earthiness. I need a little bit more tart. All right, but you're also going like if I go to Applebee's, I'm I'm making my own tiki drinks at home. But if you're just thinking like a hurricane, if you're thinking like a hurricane, or if you're just thinking a sweet tiki, if you're thinking about a drink that I look down on, flavors, I think this delivers. You might be a redneck, (laughs) you know. Then yeah, no, no, it's yeah, no, it's a big (laughs) fruited beer. I don't want Tiki to be associated. Like, I want Tiki to be more elevated than this. I got some snob. I Yeah, I think you got... Yeah, uh, yeah okay. A tiki, you're on a I'll Tiki high horse. Because most people, when they do have a Tiki drink, or they're thinking of that, they're not yeah. using a high-end... Rum. One. They're only using They're one using rum. Come on! <laughs> what kind of amateur hour is this? You got to yeah, use a no. blend of rums. Come on! They're using the rum. <laughs> They're using the rum that they use for everything else. Uh, yeah. But I, they're they're, they're making just yeah. your average Joe tiki drink. Not yeah. they don't have they didn't the, get a great uh, book death, from their uh, friend company Smuggler's Cove. Uh, that's the book that yeah. you gave me. Yeah. Well, it's just a great book. Smuggler's Cove. Yeah, that's it. No, no, you gave. I had Death that you Cove. gave back because you already owned it, and I, I gave it to my father. You, and he, he gave me the Smuggler's Cove book, which is oh, okay, which is all all, all tiki. And okay. John, I am what you made me. <laughs> that's a spoiler for Obi Wan Kenobi episode three. Sorry. I haven't watched it yet, but guys, you know what? <laughs> I did read Obi Wan number one. Coming out from Marvel Comics, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Ario Andito. Um, this is kind of in the line of the from the gerbil, journals of Obi Wan Kenobi. Gerbils <laughs> from the gerbils. Um, I'm sorry, from the gerbils. <laughs> old Ben Kenobi 
sitting in his hut, leaving notes to whoever finds his journals, uh, telling us tale about his past. And guys, if you believed what you were going to be getting on the cover with Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Allegheny's old Ben one Kenobi, and then Darth Vader, man, this book does not have that because this is all focused on youngling Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi, kind of shirking temple law by trying to just go help a friend who's been having nightmares about their father that they don't even know, but they, they have to help them. They have to, they have to go. Yeah. Because the Jedi will hunt themselves. (laughs) Uh, and then it's, it's a young Obi-Wan, a younger Obi-Wan than we've seen, uh, previously going on his journey to help someone, help a friend. Um, someone he counts as his only friend, really. Um, I really enjoy this book because it's kind of that quadrant of Star Wars where it's a story you never asked for or wanted to see. Like, I I knew Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, old Ben Kenobi across the the Dune Sea. Uh, I never wondered who he was. Oh, I got him in the prequels. Well, where did that Obi-Wan Kenobi come from? Oh, well, now we're getting that in this Obi-Wan series. Uh, Five issues... I don't want to make any kind of assumptions based off the cover for issue number two, because cover for issue number two uh, is Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon. Who who knows, though? Uh, What Um, are you talking about? I don't know. Werewolf, right? (laughs) uh, Darth Vader on it. Um, But this is not what I asked for, not what I expected. Maybe not what I needed, but I think ultimately this is a good look into a character's backstory without being the solo, oh, this is how he got his blaster. This is how he got the name Solo. Oh, this is how he met Chewbacca. It's setting up the character, not setting up the bullet points. There's a couple things I have wrong that I... that. I, that I have against this book. Yeah. One, like you said, the cover, all of a sudden, it's young. It's young Obi-Wan. Uh, he leaps off the building to go save his friend in his bare feet? I mean, Come on, you're going to run around the city in your bare feet? Uh, especially no. on Coruscant. There's death sticks. There's uh, <clears throat> uh, just laying around. Oh, it's, you know. He, he doesn't know. want to buy death sticks. I'm they introduced this the other ones that this, they mentioned, like episode two. <laughs> they they introduce this this female character who's his only friend, who she goes off, and then I feel like I, I, when I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, okay, this is going to be like little kid Obi Wan. All right, I'll see where the you know I'll see where this goes, and then when they separate, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be every time. In his life, he passes this character. Like, oh, that's <laughs> going to be kind of cool. Then he's like, like you know, I never saw her again. He finds her again. <laughs> he tries to help I, her. I like, do. and then this, he's like, I never, I never saw her again. And then I'm like, and at the end of this, I'm like, well, what I, the hell am I fucking reading? I Is it just like weird random stories about Obi Wan? 
because I could, will be I could care less. Stories about Ogon, but I think they're going to be in increasing relevance to Obi Wan because mm-hmm. we're getting the Obi Wan series right now. Um, I think that was also backdoor comic book or novel pilot for uh, Garen Rand uh, to be someone that they can do like a mini series about. Oh, now you get to see her story because they love doing those mini series side stories about characters that ultimately don't matter, but they kind of want you to care about like they will matter. Um, well, we got a whole book of Boba Fett. Yeah. We're getting a whole I mean, Cassian also... Andor two yep. season series. Like, the, Star Wars lives and dies we by those... We get a whole Obi-Wan. And, yeah. They, it lives and dies by those ancillary characters that popped up for a second that someone's like, oh, this character does this in the background. Well, people want to know that story because... I don't know if it's because people don't care about the main Star Wars story and like everything else around it is so much more interesting than like the just by the books like hey this is how you tell a hero's journey story. I dug it. It's not my favorite book of the month though. Cuz obviously that's going to be DC versus vampires. Uh <laughs> I I didn't mind this book, but I don't know why it matters. And then, uh-huh. literally, like, Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan answer to the distress call to an outpost on the edge of the galaxy. What's the secret behind the devastation wrought upon the terrifying moon base? Werewolves. I, because it's on the cover. It's a wolf. And it's like, moon base? Wait, yeah, it's going to be a werewolf thing. How do the I don't do they see? Just look down I don't at the no. I, I see a werewolf. Yeah, but werewolves, right? They have to see the moon. So they're wolf creatures. Werewolves. So do they just look? Since it's on the moon base, do they just look at the ground itself and then change? Are they constantly? Oh, lunar. Energy. I think it's. So they're. I think so it's lunar energy. In the werewolf form. So they're no lunar energy. Werewolves. They are just that creature. They're wolf. They're wolfmans. Uh, I yeah. I don't know if if this. I, I would. I I think I'd be more inclined that this is how Obi Wan and the and Gear whatever her whatever her name was. If this was them constantly pathing. Cross, paths crossing I think I would be into this story like yeah show me the next time where he's the pad he's a padawan he's older she still is force sensitive but she hasn't had the training she's doing something grand and bold and he's not sure why she's doing it just like we kind of get that in 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 Obi-Wan the, the TV series is he has these kind of moments where he's like, well, why are you helping people? Like, you'd be safer if you weren't doing that. And it's, I think that would be more interesting versus just weird stories 
Like, uh, yeah, next issue, uh, werewolf story with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Like, and then it's just weird, like, there's a storm coming. I can feel it. It's the worst storm. But there's just wind and sand. And now I'm going to sit in my bunker and write this The one distraction I have from this book is, what did the storm have to do with anything? Like, what jogged his memory? You know, the storm with the storm coming to this thing. Like maybe that'll be answered in number two. Maybe this the storms reminding the storms reminding of Anakin. Anakin hates sand. I don't think it is. Who knows? Like it's coarse. It's rough. It's everywhere, and it gets everywhere. It. You know what? And that little whiny bitch was only on that <laughs> planet for a few years. This guy was on there for almost 20 years. Every year is like forever. That, like that's true. He was there. He was he was 38 when he decides to start checking up there. Like the years by that time are just like low and by. He's seen a low t- He's had like apparently two girlfriends. You know, this genie girl and also Satine. He's, he's done well for himself at that point. I don't know, this... I enjoyed this book, but I probably won't be buying number two. But this is definitely in that... Oh, when it's available as a trade and I can get it on sale, I'll, I'll pick it up for like the five ninety nine just to have it to... More Star Wars comics. Because I think as a whole... The the Star Wars comics have been very good. The only one I've actively disliked has been the Galaxies. Well, Droids, <laughs> Droids was a collection Droids. of books that came out before. See us talking about Paul's pick for the list. I think just the Galaxies Edge one because it was just them trying to synergize with what Disney was doing with the parks. Most of the other books I I I've dug. Though that the was Mace, part of the like, Mace that Windu was, one shot. was pretty bad too. Oh no, no the Mace the Mace Windu was an ongoing because they had like the Age of Rebellion. No, Age of it was Rebellion. an ongoing. Um, but for the most, like the actual series, like the I, I would Wait. I would say it's probably close to like seventy thirty. Fifty fifty. I've 50/50. enjoyed much more than I've disliked. And this is in uh, that like, hey, it's a it's a plus. Like, I would read number two if I can get like the next three with it for five bucks. So, Chris, thank you for having me look it up, and I'm going to share it with the listeners. The first like four trades of just the Star Wars book that started back with a uh, 2015, completely free on uh, if you are a Prime member. So, yeah, you know. So I bought those that's, on that's sale. Three of those issues from uh, yeah. Star Wars Chrysanthemum, right there, that I'll be able to read. I don't know how. So it then works you can now. just you just click on them don't and then they go into question. your. I don't know. Well, uh, Paul, the force doesn't work that way, John. Paul, I won't ask you that. So question, if you're a prime, if- I will ask you. What's your power ranking for the three issues that we read this month? So, uh, Obi-Wan number one, DC versus Vampires, The Hunters number one, and then DC Crisis number zero. DC Crisis number zero, because how can you breach that price point? Like, come on, guys. It was free. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, was, I did wait for you to cheap out on this. The Transformers, uh, the last bot, last bot standing, which was not good. Hey, I didn't. I, I didn't make, make you guys I read Transformers guys versus read Terminator. Transformers so Back to the Future. I didn't make you read Twig Number One. That was a that was a book we read. <laughs> did we? I don't remember that at all. The DeLorean, DeLorean was turned into a Transformer at the very end of it. He was an Autobot, so it's okay. Yeah. No, you read. We read it. That was Today's back when we could share books, so I bought it. I you read it. I don't remember that at all. I didn't make you read Twig Number One either. Which was Go ahead, right. Paul. I'm sorry. It was, it, the art's a lot better than the actual story. Um, I don't know, but I had it was an okay. Like, hey, maybe because I read the you know issue leading into it that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like le- more level setting. This is better than the one I paid for. That's maybe why I enjoyed it so much. Then DC Vampires Hunters number one. And then the last one would be Obi-Wan. And I've been loving all Star Wars. Like, I'm getting gobbling it up. I've been just... Jedi's Fallen Order when I can. YouTube videos of Star Wars Celebration. Like, so for me to put a last, I think, says quite a bit. Maybe because I kind of agree with John that... Does the story really matter? Yes, up until the point that they have another story conference where they decide that it doesn't. Um, I would go DC Vampire Hunters, then Justice League, and then uh, Obi Wan. And again, like there subtle changes in that Obi Wan. If if that if that book was about his constant path crossing with that character, Obi-Wan I think be, like, I would be down cute, for issue two, like romantic comedy. <clears throat> I yeah sure it it would just make sense to why we were told this story because that story it so does this serve me? Yoda makes <laughs> him Daniel knock thought, the floor at the end I of know. it I I think it's more it's not the the story wasn't but it's just the like the story was the character and it was Obi Wan learning like no like you have to follow who you are and what matters to you more than just the dogma. Because, like, yeah, Master Yoda said, but eventually he, he starts but he, to but branch he out. Like, he realizes the Jedi are wrong. Like, they lost. And he spends the rest of his life living in solitude because of it. I think he realizes, like, he had his chance to break away and maybe do something that mattered. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I re- I only read the first. I issue. think you're reading a little too more too much. Into so look this. forward to issue number two for next month. No, um, John, my list actually matches yours. DC Vampires uh, Hunters number one, Dark Crisis number zero, Obi Wan uh, number one. DC Vampires Hunters is just a a fun book, and is it smart? Is it any commentary on anything? No, but you know what. 
I liked reading it. I like seeing Alfred being brought into the building in a duffel bag, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I like Alfred being alive. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Yeah, this Alfred's alive. Uh, comic books, man. Another book, Batman books right now. <laughs> comic books are allowed to be weird and silly sometimes. And there's times where it just works, and I think this was one of them. Kind of like how the original uh, Marvel Zombies worked, where it was just like, oh, this is such a weird, bizarre take on it. I can't believe like you're putting this out with that Marvel name on the cover. But you know what? It's fun. And then they just kind of kept doing it to the point where it was like, why are we doing this? Um, yeah, DC Vampires, you have my attention. Yeah, I, I think when the DC versus Vampires comes out, it's That's a what trade. I, said. I might pick it up. It might be. Uh, take, take it, am I going to read the same trade for two trading policies, <laughs> yeah. listeners? You're going to have to listen to those episodes when they come out later. And if you want us to, if you want our attention, the best way to do that is by jumping off a building on Coruscant. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> Put some goddamn shoes on. Go ahead, Paul. You wrap it up. You're signing. I did. A no. rating and review us. E- email us at begnaboardcast at gmail.com. Jumping off the building without shoes on at Coruscant. But only if there's a parent, guardian, and or Jedi present that can float you. <laughs>